Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today we're doing our first extra episode of In the News. This is something we talked about doing in the Big Mad True Crime Facebook group, where once a month we'll talk about cases happening right now and possibly where you live. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Our first case is out of California, where 39-year-old Jay Jenks is currently on trial for allegedly killing her stepfather, 64-year-old Thomas Merriman. According to the San Diego Union-Tribune, on New Year's Eve of 2020, arguably the worst year in recent history, Thomas was released from a rehabilitation facility following some extra care he needed after a fall. Two days later, his body was found under a pile of garbage in a driveway near his house. The Coast News reports that his cause of death was listed as acute ambient intoxication. According to the San Diego Union-Tribune, earlier that December, Jade stumbled across a nude photo of herself set as the screensaver on her ex-stepfather's computer. The photo was one she took for her boyfriend, and as I can tell, no one seems to know how it wound up on Thomas's computer. When Jada took it upon herself to log in, she found even more photos. And this is where the murder charge comes in. Jade's defense argues that alleged drug use and Thomas's declining health are what led to his death, that Jade loved him and was his caretaker. The prosecution does not agree. They believe that Jada plotted his murder after finding the photos on his computer and presented texts to back up their story. According to 10 News San Diego and the San Diego Union-Tribune, she sent the following text to several different people on January 1st of 2020. And I quote, I just dosed the hell out of him. He's waking up. I really don't want to be the one to do this. I can't carry him alone and I can't keep a kicking body in my trunk. I'm about to club him on the head as he is waking up. I'm not strong enough. He is very aware now and I am on my own. It's one of the people she texted that contacted the police. Jada's trial just started, but if you want to follow her case as it continues through the legal system, check out The Coast News, The San Diego Union-Tribune, and 10 News San Diego Online. Our 
Our second case is out of Connecticut, where last week police got a 911 call from a 17-year-old boy who said that a man was inside their home assaulting his mother. Fox 61 reports that he'd been woken up to the sound of a man screaming, followed by the screams of his mother, 40-year-old Julie Minogue. He ran down the stairs to see what was going on and says that he found his mom's 42-year-old ex-boyfriend, Evan DeWitt, holding an axe while his mother laid on the floor covered in blood. Her three-year-old son was also in the house but was unharmed. When police responded, they found Julie lying on the kitchen floor with an axe nearby. A medical examiner determined that the cause of her death was a combination of blunt force and chop injuries to her head, torso, and extremities. Fox 61 was able to uncover ring footage, which shows a man walking past it at 10.55 p.m. on December 6th holding an axe. A hunt for DeWitt ensued, and police found him inside of a food truck in a parking lot of a bar about a mile away from Julie's home. WTNH reports that he has been charged with murder, criminal violation of a protective order, criminal violation of a restraining order, risk of injury, and reckless endangerment. And yes, you heard that right. Criminal violation of a protective order and criminal violation of a restraining order. Julie had filed for restraining orders against DeWitt on two separate occasions. Once in 2019, and again in December of 2022, the same month she was killed. Reporter Christian Cologne with WSFB was able to get a copy of the request, and in it, she wrote that DeWitt had texted her 220 times and that she was scared he was going to kill her. DeWitt is being held on a $5 million bond, and if you'd like to follow Julie's case as the fight for justice continues through the courts, check out Fox 61, WTNH, and WSFB online. There's currently a GoFundMe set up for Julie's children titled Children of Julie Minogue. I'll be sure to post the link to the fundraiser in the highlight for this episode on Instagram. Our third case in the news right now is out of Austin, Texas, where a few weeks ago, Fox News reports that police responded to a check the welfare call in regards to a local attorney named Gavin Rush. When police responded to the home at 425 p.m., they found him deceased. Law enforcement hasn't stated how Rush died. However, they did say that even though an investigation is underway, his death is not considered suspicious. That investigation is actually the second one involving Rush in the last month alone. He'd been arrested on November 26th after allegedly pulling a gun on his ex-girlfriend at the bar she worked at. There's actually video of this incident on the New York Post where you can see him walk into the bar holding a small pouch. He walks over to the bar where two men are seated, but Rush never sits down. Instead, the Daily Mail reports that he asked his ex, so you just aren't going to talk to me? When she said no, he allegedly pulled a gun out of the pouch and pointed it at her. Thankfully, the two other men sitting at the bar got up and manhandled him to the ground, preventing any of the bullets that fired from hitting anyone inside. 
The Daily Mail reports that Rush was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon involving family violence and given a measly $40,000 bail, which meant it only took him $4,000 to get released. According to the outlet, this was not the first time he had been charged with assault slash family violence, though those charges were later dismissed. Our fourth case in the news right now is out of New York, where police responded to a home due to the untimely death of a 59-year-old man at the residence. While there were no signs of foul play, police ran into a little trouble when it came to trying to identify who this man was. They eventually found papers in the residence with the name Robert Hoagland on it, but that seemed kind of impossible since Robert Hoagland had been missing since 2013. He'd actually been featured on an episode of Investigation Discoveries disappeared after Robert seemed to have vanished into thin air after failing to show up to work and not being there to pick up a relative from the airport all the way back in July of 2013. Of course, there were sightings of him reported here and there all over the country, but none of them ever panned out until now. According to a press release from the Newton Police Department, the body found in the Rock Hill home was, in fact, the body of Robert Hoagland. He had been living in Sullivan County, New York, since November of 2013, just four months after he was reported missing. He had been living under the name Richard King. No one knows what motivated Robert to disappear, and no information has been released as to what he did during the nearly 10 years he was living under a new name. His son told NBC, it's pretty confusing. We're trying to handle it right now, to be honest. The department has stated that they won't be releasing further details because there's no criminal aspect to his case. Our last case today comes out of Florida, where just a few weeks ago, police were holding a Shop with a Cop event at the Walmart in St. Cloud. Shop with a Cop is something a lot of departments do where police officers, detectives, forensic teams, etc., really anyone you can think of in a uniform, go shopping with families in need for the holidays. As you can imagine, the parking lot looks like a police station and the aisles are a sea of shiny badges. That, however, did not stop Bad News Brad from trying to see if he could beat the boss level of shoplifting. Brad failed miserably, and in front of countless children in a sea of holiday flashing lights, Bad News Brad was paraded out front while he posed for a shameful photo, which was later released on the Osceola County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. Brad did not defeat the boss level. Brad hit rock bottom. For links mentioned in this week's episode, check out the In the News highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley. To get access to ad-free and bonus episodes, which drop on the first Monday of every month, subscribe to our Apple Premium or head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. 
If you love the podcast, feel free to leave a review. I read all of them and they absolutely make my day. And if you have a case you'd like to hear covered, share it with Big Mad True Crime on social media. All cases are covered by listener request. I'll be bringing you a brand new case next week and I cannot wait. But until then, we out. As a side note to today's episode, it's not necessarily information on a case, but I wanted to address something surrounding the Idaho student homicides. It's not a case we've covered on the podcast, but it's one I've been following really closely from the beginning and taking notes on. Police made a statement recently about all of the wild rumors spreading online and the harassment that it's caused to the people those rumors have targeted. We all know that social media can be an incredible tool in cases like Gabby Petito, but it can also be extremely toxic. The social media presence surrounding this particular case has gotten increasingly toxic with time. Not only do we as the media have to do a better job about not allowing room for speculation just to get more clicks or downloads, we as the public also need to do better when it comes to understanding that we don't know what we don't know. This is not a case where the police are not doing their jobs. Frankly, I can't think of a single investigation that has involved more local, state, and federal law enforcement officials than this one. People who have been cleared by police and named on their website where updates can be found are still being bombarded online. Their full names posted, their photos blasted, and those are things that cannot be undone. The internet is forever, and now this is something they're going to have to explain to their future employers who Google them, and even their future kids when they're old enough and curious enough to Google their own parents. Obviously, I'm not your mom, but as your podcast bestie, can we all agree to just stop engaging with toxic reporting? If it didn't come from the police, it is just speculation. And if it did come from the police, take it for what it is. A statement of fact, nothing more, nothing less. The more attention toxic reporting gets, the more the algorithm picks it up. And with that, it's bound to hit people who simply don't know better and might believe it. Wild rumors lead to tips being called in based on them, taking police attention away from substantial leads because all tips do have to be investigated. We all have room to know better, so we all have room to grow better. And I know that sounds cheesy, but I said what I said.